everybody, welcome to another session of Ked Talk. And with me today, very lucky to have a very old friend. Um, very, very old, actually. <laughs> uh, um, since our younger Kendo years. Um, like, yeah. Welcome to Kendo World Ked Talk, Masahiro Imafuji, uh, who we just call Hiro. Um, Hiro, thank you very much for... Uh, taking the time uh, to to join me today. And I real, I didn't realize it was so early. I knew it was going to be morning for you, but four o'clock <laughs> in the morning. Sorry about that, bro. No worries, mate. No worries. Thank I you hope for you've having got a, a nice cup of coffee to keep you company for a little while. Oh, <laughs> okay, you know, I'm going to start off with some really simple questions for you, um, because I'm sure this is not going to be the last time that we uh, invite you to Kid Talk, because uh, as I said, we go back a long way. Yeah, we've got so much to talk about anyway. So let's just keep it simple today. Um, like really simple. Hiro, Hi. what's your favorite food? <laughs> okonomiyaki. What is okonomiyaki? Okonomiyaki. Well, that's uh, you put a lot of cabbage in a dough. Yeah. <laughs> and you just grill. Uh, front and back, you put meat or whatever you want, and then just uh, put sauce on it. Beautiful, yummy sauce on it. Yeah. You eat it. So it's basically just a Japanese pancake, right? Yeah. You know what? You've put me in the mood. I've got a, a konomiyaki shop just up the road. I might go and visit it after this. Oh. Sorry, bro. Sorry, bro. Oh. Uh, you know, what's your favorite yeah. music? Music? Uh, I, well, I was like, at the moment, uh, 80s, 90s Japanese music, I think, probably. <laughs> I don't know. I'm starting to show your age, bro. Like, for example, <laughs> I, I remember you used to be a great fan of Nagabuchi Tsuyoshi. Oh, right, 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 right. That as well. Yeah, I remember you used to have a uh, CD as well. <laughs> you know, what's your favorite Yo. movie? Movie. Man. I don't know. Uh, movie. Movie. Once for Warriors. <laughs> oh, yeah. The old New Zealand classic. Yeah, eh? classic. Yeah. Yeah. What's your favorite drink, Hiro? Drink, drink, drink. Uh, it used to be a country draft, but you can't drink country draft anymore, right? I don't think so. I don't think they're making <laughs> Yeah. All right. Um, who's your favorite kendo teacher? Oh, my sensei, Miyazaki uh, sensei to start off with. And yeah, but Tsuruburu sensei and Murayama sensei, those are top three. Yeah, so Miyazaki sensei, Tsurumaru sensei, and Murayama sensei. That's always a tough question for anybody who does kendo, right? Because yeah, yeah. throughout your kendo career, you have so many people who help you at various right. stages in your development. And they help you in different ways, right? Yeah. Um, you mentioned uh, three sensei who I know personally as well. Uh, you know, that is our connection, actually. We both uh, studied kendo at the Shubukan, yeah. which is a dojo in Itami, mm -hmm. uh, which is not far from Osaka. Um, Tsurumaru sensei uh, became a ninth dan. Uh, Muriyama sensei... Uh, Muriyama Keisuke Sensei, he was uh, the last graduate of Busan. Yeah. Uh, so both of those guys were kind of like um, 
post-war icons of of Kendo. Uh, it's just amazing that both of them are at the same dojo, the Shubukan. <laughs> And then there was Miyazaki Sensei, who was the tough nut from Litsumekan, who um, yeah, very strict kendo, but a very lovely, kind uh, man uh, who helped me out a lot when I was in Japan, and he helped you out a lot as well as you developed your kendo. And after you yeah. left Japan as well. So just to give you uh, everybody a brief in- introduction of Hiro, um, we first met each other, I think it was in 1989. I was, yeah, I was 18, 17 or 18, I think. Yeah, you were still a high school student and a cheeky one at that, I might add. Um, Whereas I was working for the All Japan Naginata Federation and that was the Federation had a connection with the Shubukan Dojo. So we met each other there. Um, and to cut a very long story short, but we'll go into the details uh, in a minute, um, you, after graduating high school, uh, you came over to New Zealand, uh, yep. which turned out to be a rather long stay. Um, then uh, you went back to Japan, and then you travelled again to Guatemala. Right. And then... You ended up in Indiana in the United States of America, which is where you are now. Um, so I think, like me, um, I've spent more time living in Japan than I have in New Zealand. Um, I think by now you've probably spent more time living outside of Japan than you have inside Japan, right? Yeah, true. <laughs> yeah. You never thought of it like that before. No, mate. <laughs> Uh, sorry to uh, <laughs> drop that one on you. Um, so, first of all, Hiro, um, let's go back to your uh, your childhood days uh, where you studied okay. kendo at the Shubukan under these uh, great masters. What can you remember about the kind of kendo that you did uh, when you were uh, a young knee uh, high to a grasshopper, um, Kenshi, just learning? Um, uh, to do kendo, what what sort of memories do you have? What kind of training did you do? What kind of things were you taught when you were a, a child, Kenshi? Oh, right, a uh, child. So I studied when I was seven, and so the most things was the headmaster, Shihan, uh, back then. And so we just did nice and big. Kendo, that's all we were taught uh, during regular training. So we used to have Monday, Wednesday, Friday uh, from four to five, I think it was, uh, for kids class. And we used to have a bunch of kids, like, so because I'm a baby boomer, right? So we had... I don't know, maybe at least 60 kids all the time, at least. And a lot of different levels from, uh, I think it's eight years old to 12 years old kids uh, lined up, how many, three lines? I think it was three lines, back, three or four lines. And just the kirikaishi, I think it's Monday, 
Friday was only Uchikomi He used to call Uchikomi Kirikaishi Hajime. Right. So I hated it. <laughs> and Mina Sensei was so scary. Mm-hmm. You, know, you know, one of those days, you stand around with Bokuto and then, oh, you left it. I hated it. So, but that's what that was the normal train, regular training. And uh, we didn't uh, learn any techniques or anything. And after regular training, we have adult training. We had adult training. So, if we keep training after uh, kids' training, we get to do jigeko with senses. So, and then probably we could learn techniques, but that was the uh, my elementary school kindle memories. Right. So basically it was just hard. And yeah. you how you had the kendo fundamentals, the keyhorn just drilled into you. Right. Uh, nothing fun like lots of shiai and jigeko oh, no. of uh, waza and <laughs> things like that, right? Yeah, jigeko was once a week, I think. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and no doubt when you finished the children's training and then you stayed on for the adult section, um, I guess you were cannon fodder for the adults as well and they just made you do lots of kakarigeko on things, right? Oh, kakarigeko, kikaishi, and then why, why? <laughs> so um, if you were advertising kendo uh, to young people now, from what you've just described, I don't think many people would want to do it. Oh, right? no, 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 no. <laughs> so about when did you start to actually enjoy kendo? And what was it that sort of uh, led you to sort of change your uh, um, attitude from, oh, God, I hate this kihon stuff, I hate this training, and you actually start to like it? What what age was that, Hiro? And what, what was, uh, you know, the, the main reasons for the sort of change in attitude? Good question, actually. I never thought about it. <laughs> um, I think, like I said, like we had a lot of kids. That means, you know, uh, my friends were there too. Mm-hmm. And my friends were like, really, they were really good at Kindle. I wasn't. So, you know, just hanging out with them probably and... Dude, no So after kids training, uh, did keiko with sensei as well. Uh, they were there too. So just being with them and trained a little bit more, uh, I kind of probably start thinking, oh, it's okay, not too bad. I can hang out with my friends and then one day i won the tournament even though they were much better than you i know right (laughs) (laughs) well you know i'm not uh attacking you with this man as i'm just um reiterating what you said before so by surprise uh, you managed to prevail and win the tournament okay what tournament was that that was itamishi itami city uh 10 years and 11 years category mm-hmm. yeah, tournament. and So well, that would have always, been people, uh, kids from other dojos as well. So it would have been a lot of yeah. people in that section. A lot back then, yeah. Mm. Yeah, a lot. And you so, won it. 
Yeah, and then I, as usual, I just said goodbye to my mom and go, oh, I'll be, you know, I'll be one uh, one around boy, you know, Kaisen boy. <laughs> I'm going to be uh, done. You're going to be, kicked, uh, be uh, knocked uh, out in the first round. Well, that's yeah, a positive first, attitude, isn't it? As, as usual, bye. <laughs> and then I came home and then someone called my mom. He won, he won. What? <laughs> Yeah, I think from that point and my Kindle uh, attitude towards Kindle probably changed a lot. <laughs> yeah, well, obviously the thrill of winning a competition, of course, that's yeah. going to be and a good result for anybody. Um, yeah. Is it from about that time? Uh, do you think that you started to develop a strong sense of rivalry with your uh, uh, with your Kindle friends? I think that other guys, those, you know, who used to be like, they were called geniuses. They didn't like that. Mm-hmm. And then they start not, they started kind of look at me differently. And of course, like, uh, I didn't feel like I changed anything, but probably my mindset changed as well. And I, uh, focused more on kendo and then training with senses a lot more than probably I used to. And then probably I'm start thinking about, oh yeah, I want to win again. So yeah. Well, when I was 10 or 11 years old, um, obviously I hadn't started kendo, um, but I was uh, an avid soccer player. I used to uh, love playing soccer. And I remember uh, many turning points in my soccer career. Um, I started off also as a very bad player, but gradually uh, somehow um, managed to uh, develop some decent skills and uh, was actually quite successful um, in local tournaments and eventually in national tournaments as well. Um, and I actually have memories of even now, or you know, when I was you know, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, of specific moments or specific things uh, that have remained with me because, I, you know, I guess you could call it a kind of a timeless moment uh, where you know that you have made a big jump or a big leap uh, for whatever reason. When you won that tournament, um, I guess in some ways this was a precursor to your, your kendo career. Probably at that time you never realised, you probably didn't like kendo that much, and you never realised that it was going to be, become such an important part of your life. Right. But in retrospect, I guess you could say that that was a very um, important part of uh, the way in which you sort of embraced kendo afterwards. Can you remember at all um, what it is or how it is that you were able to win this tournament? Because uh, I, I do know that uh, in the in the uh, in the 80s, um, the uh, early 80s, late 70s, early 80s, uh, children's kendo was incredibly popular. So it was much more popular than it is now. So there were a lot of people I can imagine um, that you were competing against. What what was it that do you think, in retrospect, that enabled you to to be successful? (gasps) I probably just liked it, liked kendo. And I don't know, I don't really remember. <laughs> um, I, 
I'm, I'm get, getting to, I guess, is um, I'm, tr I'm trying to think. Uh, probably as children, you didn't learn so many techniques and you probably didn't do so much shiai. So what was it from all of this hard kirikaishi and uchikomi and stuff that, that sort of, uh, you know, enabled you to prevail? So a lot of, and then also uh, kirikaishi and uchikomi and yes, you know, I think it's like, uh, Actually, that's a good question. Like we have a lot of kids, and Shibuga had a had a lot of kids. So, and then that's what we do, Kirikaishi, and what well, that's what we did, Kirikaishi and Shikomi. I don't know. Maybe like doing, and of course, we a lot of sensei were there. Repetition. <laughs> And you clearly haven't forward. given this. You clearly haven't given this a lot of thought, have you, Hiro? No. <laughs> <laughs> you just went yeah. out there and won. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. That's that's exactly what happened because I didn't so, even like it. So, so you, you you didn't have any inhibitions. You just threw everything, caution to the wind, and just uh, um, just didn't care whether you won or lost. I suppose. I wonder if that had something to do with it. Probably, yeah, probably, and then of course you know, later on. I, I was focusing on winning, but yeah, yeah, not real. I don't really remember how I was. No, I was just training. Oh yeah, I was just training. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a kind of it's a shame, really, because uh, video cameras they existed at the time, but they weren't so common uh, like they are today. And um, it would right. be great to actually have video of that taikai of you right. in it to be able to see it. I'm sure, I'm sure you'd be curious <laughs> to look yourself. Well, let's move yeah. on a little bit, Hiro. Um, you talk about uh, after that, after that um, that groundbreaking moment where you won the Tummy City uh, Boys Division in Canada. Yeah. Uh, okay, that uh, at age 10 or 11, that's uh, uh, primary school age. And then, yeah. of course, you go to junior high school and then high school and... High school kendo in Japan is quite notorious for being, well, first of all, incredibly competitive mm -hmm. and incredibly tough and competitive to the extent that if you do well at high school, uh, you might even get a, a scholarship uh, to go to a good university uh, or you might even get headhunted by the police um, to go straight okay. into the, um, into the Tokuden. Uh or riot squad kendo groups. Um, so really, when you get to high school, uh, the motivations and the rivalries and the pressure is completely different, right? Can you give us some insight uh, into the kind of things that you experience when you're at high school? High school, okay. Uh, well, high school, I didn't really go to uh, uh, private, you know, those kendo, uh, strong Kindle schools. I just went to public school. So, uh, you know, it's not like, oh, I'm gonna win, we're gonna win, like that. But uh, my one of my good uh, friends, uh, not same school, but we used to fight uh, against each other at the final of junior high school, uh, Hanshin area, uh, junior high school tournament. 
he went through uh, Ikue uh, High School, the, the strongest uh, high school in the uh, Hyogo Prefecture. He went there, man, um, things I heard from him, like they were there to win and they trained yeah, in the morning. I think they, they trained in the training during lunchtime too, uh, of course, after school. And they went everywhere over the weekend to train slash to uh, do some shiai, literally everywhere. Uh, so he, and of course, back in the old days, since they were like, <laughs> Apparently he was hit by, with a chair because he lost. So man, that was a, the pressure. And he, I can't imagine how, because he was one of the, he, he became captain of this high school, Kindleblatt. They were under a lot of pressure just to win. So winning was the uh, normal thing for Mm -hmm. If the, you don't win, you get a, you, you get a cheer in the head. Yeah, <laughs> lovely. Yeah. So yeah, I wasn't in that kind of uh, world when I was in high school. So uh, we wanted to win, but at the same time we enjoyed the Kindle. But things like that, man, I just can't imagine. Yeah. But you, uh, you were actually quite successful at high school level as well, were you not? Or was that junior high school? Junior high. Okay. Mm. So I think you won the kinky tournament or something like that, right? <laughs> oh, we don't say kinky tournament. It doesn't come across well in English, does it? Kinky is a yeah, region kinky. in Japan, right? <laughs> Let's say Kansai. Uh, I could win that part too. No, I'm sure you could win the kinky tournament, but not, not that kind of kinky. It's kinky with an I, not with a Y. Yeah. Yeah. So you weren't scouted uh, by a was, private yeah. school? Yes, there was Ikue as well, and a bunch of uh, uh, schools from uh, schools in Hyogo prefectures. Yeah, they wanted they wanted you to come and uh, join the kendo club. So, yeah, so full scholarship. Yeah, so Ikue, Ikue wanted your ass as well, huh? Yeah. So, so why did you turn that, Why did you turn that down? I wanted to go to uh, Scuba University, uh, but not through Kendo. Ah, oh. I should have done it. <laughs> so you were thinking ahead. Um, you there's a there's a term that they use in uh, in Japan. Uh, I haven't heard it for a while because I think the high school system and the way of coaching is changing a lot compared mm -hmm. to those old days. Um, but I, uh, the, the, the term kendo baka, <laughs> which means uh, a kendo idiot or, uh, yeah. well, that, that doesn't translate well. So, so, well somebody who, a kendo bum, right? Somebody yeah. who only knows kendo. kendo. So if you had chosen a school, a kendo maniac, kendo <laughs> maniac yeah. so, thank you, Dario. If you had uh, gone to Ikue, you would have been, uh, what they call a kendo baka. So, that means that you don't actually have to do a lot of study. All you have to do is a lot of training 
and a lot of winning. And then, uh, then a university would pick you up um, uh, on another scholarship uh, because of your skill in kendo. So you actually tried to avoid that. You yeah. wanted to go the study route. So mm -hmm. it's usually with sports in Japan, not just kendo, it's, it's often one or the other, isn't it? Right. Yeah. And why, why did you uh, decide to, to go the study route rather than the kendo route? It's a good question. I think it's only uh, what I remember. <laughs> uh, I think if you just choose kendo um, at high school, of course, you know, it's a full scholarship. Uh, they wanted you, they expect you to just do Kindle. And of course, after that, if I go to university, probably I have to keep winning in the school. And then through uh, like, you know, uni uh, university might pick you, oh, come to my university. Mm. Or if it's not possible, uh, I have to go through uh, probably study. But if you do only Kindle, <laughs> not study at school, of course you can't pass. It's, it's very difficult to pass. So my choice will narrow. <laughs> and that's probably the main reason why I didn't choose only Kindle. So high, a university through you know, if they pick you, you could go to university or you can go to the police officer. You know, you can be police officer. So, so only two choices. So, yeah, so the, your, your options afterwards are quite limited is what you're saying, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. I, think, I think that was the main reason. I think my dad was saying that. Yeah, your dad was, uh, he was a very uh, smart man. He was, a, yeah. he was a business consultant as well, wasn't he? So he could yeah. see the broader picture. Um, even though he was a, um, a very enthusiastic kendo practitioner himself. Yeah. yeah. So he encouraged you not perhaps not to take the kendo only route or the kendo right. maniac route, but to keep an open mind and keep your choices, um, a little bit open. Right. So, so with that, you, you, um, you went through your high school years, uh, not at a particularly strong high school, but, uh, you're still practicing at the Shubukan. Um, okay. under these uh, great masters. Uh, and that's, as we said before, that's where I met you. Um, there's so much I want to talk to you about, uh, you know, your international experiences, but obviously the time is, is limited. So perhaps mm -hmm. we, can, uh, we can delve into this, uh, into a little bit more depth at a later time. But just to give uh, an overall sort of picture of your career so far, um, you... After uh, graduating from high school, you applied for the Tsukuba University entrance <laughs> examination, didn't you? Yes, I did. <laughs> yes, I did. Got, got, got. <laughs> yeah, you can do that. Yeah, I applied. <laughs> so what happened? Uh, you know? tell, tell, us, tell us about the, uh, the entrance examination system in Japan. Oh, so as, as far as I remember, I don't remember a lot of things. So, Conveniently um, forgotten, I think. <laughs> yeah. yeah, my brain is very confident. Um, 
So Skipper University is a national university. So we have to set a national, the national exam. And so just, had, just, just, just to, uh, to cut it, sorry, Hiro. Uh, yeah, so the, you've got the private universities and the national universities, right? And the difference is the national universities, the, the school fees are much cheaper, aren't they? National, yes. So because they're subsidized by the government. So that means that the examinations to, to pass national universities are usually very difficult. Right. Right. And you had your, you had your heart set on Scuba University. Scuba University. Yes. Which is uh, currently, I think it's uh, the All Japan champion. Right. Uh, is Scuba students. Yeah. Um, the student champions at Scuba. Yeah. Um, it's a, it's a powerhouse in, in, in Kendo, isn't it? Is that the reason why you were, were attracted to Scuba University? Yes. <laughs> you didn't to want to go it. there the Kendo route. You wanted to go there the study route, but you wanted to go there because the Kendo is amazing. Right. That's a good point. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. I wanted to be a, like a doctor first, I think. I don't know what I was thinking, but <laughs> yeah. probably first week of uh, my high school life. And then, you know, I was sitting right in front of teachers and go, yeah. And uh, the, uh, the weekend of the same week, I was sitting all the way back. And I, go, I give up. <laughs> this is too happen. hard. Yeah. Life's <laughs> yeah. too short for this kind of thing, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah that was, that was so, so the exams were very rigorous, very difficult. I take it. Uh, I, I, well, it, uh, for me, yes, it was very difficult. Um, so you have to pass national exam and then, not, not pass, you have to have certain uh, uh, score. It, it depends on the university uh, requirements are different, but you have to have high score in that and then you have to go and set another exam, I think. Yeah, okay, so it's like university. It's like a national exam. Uh, well, they call it the center exam, right? Or a center exam. Yeah, so you sit that exam, everybody can sit that exam, and you get, uh, depending on the points mm -hmm. uh, that you get in that, um, they might not be high enough for this university, but it's high enough for this university or something like that, right? Right. So you had to do that national exam first, and then was it the Scuba University exam after that individually? Yeah, right. And that was, I was going for a sports category, I think sports division, sports department. So I had to do some, I remember I did basketball and kendo. Yeah. I, I don't remember any other exam. Probably did some more tests out there, but I, yeah, I remember this basketball and Kindle there as, mm -hmm. as a part of exam. Yeah. yeah. So it was a, there was a, a physical component or a technical yeah. component of the exam as well as the written academic side as well, right? Right. I think, I, yeah, we did that too. Yeah. Yeah. And what happened, man? <laughs> Well, I didn't go there, right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm here. <laughs> uh, I, my understanding was that you did very well in the kendo exam, and they had passed you on that. But uh, 
Um, yeah, the, I did. the other side of things didn't go as as a as planned, right? <laughs> did you do Rawning? Yeah, for more than one year. Okay, so Rawning is uh, we it happens to a lot of kids when they're trying to get into a top university. They 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 fail the exams, so they take another year off. But they've already graduated from high school. They take another year off just to study full time. Uh, to sit the exam again the following year. Mm. Uh, how did that go, man? <laughs> it didn't work well, mate. <laughs> strangely, strangely, not long after that, you ended up in New Zealand. Yeah. If memory serves. That was that was that was the uh, moment of my uh, life change moment. Yeah, but before that, I was wasn't really exciting at all. <laughs> right. Well, um, what I heard from your father, um, which I always thought was really amusing and oh, are you, are you going to talk about typical, typical of you <laughs> after you um, didn't uh, pass the exam for the second time, you decided you were going to be a Buddhist priest, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> you were going to shave your head off, hair off and you were going to go and join a temple and, and become a priest. Yeah. Not going to have anything to do with this world. <laughs> okay. Secular world be gone. Yeah. Bye. Oh, not secular world, <laughs> the mundane world. Mundane world. <laughs> and you, secular world, you are going to, you're going to become an enlightened being mm -hmm. um, with a halo and uh, you're dressed like this, I suppose. Yeah. Um, but your father talked some sense into you, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I, actually, I don't know. I don't know if he talks sense into you or not. Um, I guess it's a matter of opinion, opinion, I guess. But, I mean, it's like he said, well, before you, you know, um, discard the mundane world and you, and, you, and you become a monk, why don't you just go and see Alex and Hamish who have just gone back to New Zealand? Why don't you go yeah, and right, see a right, bit right, of the right. world? Um, and that was, uh, that was when you came over to New Zealand to Christchurch. Right. That would have been 1991. Yeah, 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 that's right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, 91. Yeah. Man. Long time ago, isn't it? <laughs> oh, mate, isn't it just? And you, after going to New Zealand, you thought, well, I might like to stay there a little bit longer. Mm -hmm. And that was when I think you decided you wanted to try out to get into a New Zealand university, right? Right, and in, yeah, the first time was like when I was high school, I think. Still, I was in high school, I think. And then after that, uh, and two years after that, I think, after failed university for the second time, and my dad said, why don't you go to New Zealand? And I was like, oh, okay. I didn't think about it. <laughs> but if you say so. <laughs> yeah, I think and then one month later, I was there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you ended up staying there for a number of years. Um, yeah. You, uh, you graduated from Canterbury University, uh, got your BA in, was it psychology? Yes. Yep. Um, you also speak a little bit of Maori. <laughs> <Yeah>. And <laughs> one of your uh, 
your jobs when you were in Christchurch was to teach kendo at the local kendo club. Uh, right. They're talking Yukai. Now, this yep. must have been, in many ways, a, a massive culture shock for you, yep. being uh, night and day um, in the style of kendo, the way it's taught, the attitude of people in the dojo, just general understanding. Right. Can you recall some of the things that shocked you or made you happy, uh, left an impression on you when you first, well, when you were experiencing kendo in New Zealand? Kendo New Zealand, well, the first, well, of course, I didn't speak any English back then, so I didn't really know what was going on. But, of course, you were there, so you were explaining things to me in Japanese. And, well, the first thing I thought was, well, you put me in charge of uh, teaching beginners. And... What I remember from them, they were all adults, which was quite rare to, it was rare to me, because you don't really get to see a lot of adults, beginners in Japan. Mm. Of course, we had, we had some, but not a bunch of adults, uh, you know, they're bigger than me. <laughs> and, oh, I have to teach them, and I, no English ability, and never taught adults, uh, before and Kindle, right? So, well, all I could show them was what I learned. So I just, okay, do this. Da, 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 da. I showed them, do that. And they had so many questions about Kindle. Why do you do this? Why do you do that? I don't know. <laughs> and I, first of all, I don't know what you're saying. You know, don't know any any words you're coming out of ma your mouth. It's two. Why does you just do it? You don't have to know why. Yeah. No one told me why. So just do it. You know. And it probably I lost all of them, <laughs> all of the beginners. And I I remember I apologized to you <laughs> uh, after that. And he said, "No worries, man. No, no, it's all right." So yeah, that was really shocking. All adults, you have to explain things. Yeah. Yeah, it's just shocking. Well, even now, I mean, uh, dojos in Japan, not many people ask questions, do they? No, no, I don't think so. No. Yeah. And uh, yeah. It's, uh, it's kind of, it's very strange if you end up asking, why do we do this? Why do we do that? And, and often, yeah, there's, there's not a lot of explanations about what you're doing. Um, you just got to do it because that's the way you've been taught. Yeah. Um, I, I do think things are changing a little bit in Japan. The younger generation is becoming um, very similar to uh, people overseas as well. I guess it's the digital generation oh, in a way. Digital generation, yeah. yeah okay. they, 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 want, they want to know why they're doing something. Why are they putting themselves through this? But yeah. this, this was, I, I noticed that in, in university in Japan now, um, if you explain something, it's like, oh, okay. But if you if you just expect them to do it, um, some people get turned off very quickly. But New Zealand um, uh, was very much like, like that. They, they, they like to know why they're doing something. So mm -hmm. I guess for you, not only teaching adults, but just teaching kendo, uh, itself, it, it was probably a new experience for you anyway, right? Because right. you wouldn't have taught kendo in Japan, in Japan until then, I think. 
No, I was high school, so everyone was teaching us. Yeah. And of course, teaching in, uh, is like I said, when I was a uh, uh, elementary school, what we did was kiddie yeah. and that's all. Not exactly so, a lot of fun, right? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So that's the way I learned. So that's the way I, I think I didn't smack them. I don't think, but that's the only way I knew how to do kendo. So yeah, yeah, yeah. No explanation, no anything. I, we don't. We didn't even know why we carried shinai in your left hand. Uh-huh. Yeah, hold your shinai in your left hand and carry your bow like this. Uh-huh. Blah 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 blah. Yeah, so yeah just did it because we were taught like that. Right. So the the experience provided you with an opportunity to actually think about all of the things that you've done all your life, um, but never really ask yourself, why are we doing this? Yeah, exactly. I didn't have any answers to their questions. So Mm. Yeah. And I guess, you know, in retrospect, they're they're very natural questions, aren't they? (laughs) Yeah, true. Why can't we do well, switch our hands? I don't know. Never thought about it. <laughs> Actually, you know what? It's funny you should say that. Um, where's my little... I usually have a little shinai around here somewhere, but I, I can't see it. Uh, the, one of the first questions I asked when I went to Inage High School Kendo Club is they taught me how to do kamai with the left hand on the bottom and the right hand on the top. My first question is, why can't I have my right hand on the bottom? <laughs> <laughs> That's a very good question. <laughs> Yeah, why not? <laughs> well, actually, it doesn't say in the rules that you can't. Right, 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 right. No? And the rule book says you can strike up there, migi, no, yeah, migi, and then parenthesis and then hidari as well. You can strike hidari parenthesis. Yeah, yeah, there you so. go. <laughs> okay. So it's, it's kind of logical. I'm, I'm going to jump ahead. You spent a few years in New Zealand. Um, uh, I guess you could say you are honing your teaching skills because inevitably yeah. you're going to be in a, a position of instruction. Uh, the Sundan or Yondan level is uh, often a, an instructor overseas in Japan. It's, it's not usually uh, Rokudan, Nanadans, Hachidans. Uh, if you're Sundan, Yondan, you're usually not teaching, but um, right. you came back to Japan after graduating. Um, and then you went on a Japanese government sponsored JICA program. Uh, what is JICA? Japan International Cooperation Agency or something? Yeah, uh, Japan International Cooperation. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it was a, it was a two year gig where you went to Guatemala uh, for the purpose of teaching kendo to Guatemalans, uh, and you receive uh, pay, uh, kind of a stipend from the Japanese government to do this, right? Yeah. So you're kind of a uh, what do they call it? A Jun Komuin, um, oh, civil know. servant of some description. <laughs> um, <laughs> what made you want to go to, first of all, Guatemala of all places? And before that, why did you feel the urge after you've spent so much time in New Zealand, you finally go back to Japan and then you just went off to Guatemala? Did you really want to get out of Japan so quickly? That's a good, good question. I, I, after after New Zealand, 
and I did psychology, so I wanted to go to U.S. I think uh, while I was studying psychology because you know all the research papers were from U.S. most of them anyway. So I wanted to go to U.S. I was curious about going to the U.S. but I'm, of course I didn't have money. So and also I think I wanted to see the world more. So New Zealand, that was culture shock. And so kind of start maybe growing something inside me. I want to see more. So I start looking around. How can I go to the overseas? How can I go to somewhere without spending a lot of money? And I don't know how I ended up with uh, uh, going to JICA, but... There was Kindle uh, instructor, uh, uh, what do you call it, Boshu. So were, it was an opening for a, for a Kindle yeah. instructor, right? Yeah. And you go, okay, it's interesting. I can go overseas. Japanese government paying us. And you can go, we can go overseas. That's cool. And then, of course, I look for Kindle. Oh, that was Kindle. Kendo instructor, Guatemala. Where the hell is Guatemala? But I can go, okay, fine. Did you so, did you even did you even know where Guatemala was until that point? No. <laughs> <laughs> what where's Guatemala? Yeah. Guatemala? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, and I think that's how I didn't choose to go to Guatemala. It was happened Guatemala happened to well, One sounds like right. Guatemala chose you by the sounds of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was how I ended up teaching in Guatemala. Okay, so that means that you would have had to have done a crash course in Spanish. Yeah, um, yeah. And off you went. I, I, from memory, I think it was a two-year gig, wasn't it? Yes, two years. So this was your second big uh, foray overseas, um, and this time it really was primarily uh, to do kendo as opposed to New Zealand where it was study and kendo. Yeah. Um, what, uh, can you remember any of the things, like you've already been through the culture shock of, of doing and teaching kendo in New Zealand. So in some ways you would have been prepared. Mm -hmm. but were there some things once you went to Guatemala that you weren't prepared for? <laughs> A lot of things, man. I was completely different. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, I thought, uh, they speak Spanish. I said, I'll be all right. I couldn't speak any English. And I went to New Zealand, fine, you know? Yeah. I survived. I, I, I studied Spanish, but so shouldn't be a problem. No, like, it's totally different. Like, well, everything was so different. Like, of course, people are different. And everything, and everything was different. I was like living in this area, and you know, like it's kind of total, like no nothing. Whatever I did, I have learned up to that point. It didn't work. Really? So, oh, like. Completely, of course, you know, Guatemala back then was, I think it was 10 years after or 15 years after they ended the civil war. Mm -hmm. So 
still, uh, you know, people were nervous, I think. And we had a lot of places where not, we weren't allowed to go. Uh, you know, there were a lot of dangerous area and that we couldn't, we were not allowed to even get close to. Buses were like, you know, uh, public transportation was in a bus. And, you know, I had to ride a bus like this, hanging off the door. Whoa. And every time the, the traffic sign comes in, it goes, <laughs> That was kind of good training in a way. <laughs> it was good training. If you, <laughs> if you don't pull yourself up, you'll die. <laughs> so that was really uh, different and Kindle as well. But uh, yeah, that was really different. Well, I, th I think like New Zealand, in the case of New Zealand, uh, New Zealanders, uh, when you came to New Zealand, were quite familiar with Japanese culture. Um, there are a lot of Japanese tourists coming to New Zealand, a lot of uh, students coming from Japan to study in New Zealand schools. So Japan and New Zealand sort of had, you know, quite a, uh, a tight cultural connection when you were there. But I guess that's not the same. You can't say the same for Guatemala and Japan. They're kind wow. of worlds apart, really, aren't they? I don't know about yeah. now, but when you went there, I imagine it would have been. Right, so I don't, I don't even maybe po Pokemon was big back then. I think so. If you say I'm Japanese, oh, you know, you know Pokemon, you know that kind of stuff. Uh -huh. So anime is always saving a lot of Japanese outside Japan. I think, but yeah. Well, what what about like um what what was did you find was the motivation for? Guatemalan people to want to do something like kendo. I can understand karate or judo because, as you were alluding to before, Guatemala had just come out of um, out of a war period. Uh, it was still in some places very unsafe. The need for self defense um, was obviously there, but something like kendo doesn't really have any kind of practical use. What was it that drove uh, Guatemalan people to want to do kendo to the extent that they get a teacher to come over from Japan uh, to teach them? That's a good question. I don't think I ever asked them about that, but I think they yeah, yeah, I tried to remember the conversation I had with them. I think they start from a lot of people did karate. Uh, yeah, in Guatemala, the karate is always big outside Japan too. And I think from the karate, they started learning about Japanese culture. And from there probably leads to, oh, samurai culture. And then at the end, they, can't, uh, they ended uh, Kindle. So they start liking Japanese culture and then digging more, they found Kindle. I think that's the, uh, that's what, that's why they started Kindle, I think. So um, the way I interpret what you're, you're saying, just reading between the lines, uh, is a kind of a, an attraction to samurai culture because it's very macho and 
so kendo is kind of representative of samurai culture which is which is what got a lot of them started right right and of course uh back then i don't know how this guy uh ended up doing kendo but uh the president of kendo association back then was really uh found of Japan. I think he was really into Japanese culture and he he didn't practice kendo himself, but he wanted to promote kendo and his son went to Japan as well to study kendo. And they wanted to promote kendo. I think that's what I think they advertised kendo uh, quite a lot. And that's a part of the reason, but probably mainly those people who studied kendo there was like they wanted to learn some Japanese culture. Mm. Yeah. Okay. So it wasn't so much for the sporting side of things, but definitely not for the uh, self-defense, but just a general interest in Japanese culture. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, So did you notice, or after your experience in New Zealand, did you notice uh, any difficulties or differences perhaps in, in, the way that you needed to approach your teaching? Uh, yeah. Uh, the first, there was Spanish. So, that's a big one. Limit, <laughs> limited. But luckily, most of them could speak English. Mm-hmm. So, as, as soon as I learned, oh, they speak English, I just switched to English. So I'm here to, you know, show Kendo. I don't have to learn English, not English, Spanish. As long as they understand, that's fine. So, uh, but I think it's more vague because of the... Uh, less exposure to a lot of Japanese sensei. I think there was one volunteer guy uh, before me. So they had, uh, they did Kendo with a Japanese instructor. So he, he was me. your he was your predecessor on the JICA program, mm-hmm. was he? Okay. Yeah, I think he he told JICA, we need, we need two more years of Kendo teacher here. Mm-hmm. That's how I got a job, so uh yeah they and probably of course he did did uh, teaching differently from what i did and my purpose was uh there i set a goal so i i want to make you know local instructors so they don't have to get japanese people from jaika all the time right so i did a little bit uh Hardcore training. <laughs> so a little bit. You didn't approach. throw chairs at them when they lost or anything like that, did you, Hiro? I just whacked them. In the- <laughs> <laughs> Old school, huh? Just like back in the show. <laughs> no, it's just hard training. Just really hard training. A lot of kirikaishi and this is what you should be doing, how to teach in a fundamental. Uh, if you do a lot of kirikaishi, you can have good foundation of kendo at that time i believed that and i still do believe you know the uh, a lot of kirikaishi and basics is important so i 
taught them that and gave them a little bit tough training. Mm. Uh, so I think they thought um, I was too much. <laughs> You're a little bit too overzealous in your uh, yeah. in your tough trainings, huh? Right. Yeah. So I, I but I set my goal. You guys have to be instructors. So they yeah, stuck with my, you. Ah, uh, some of them did. Some of them, of course, some of them didn't like the way I mm, taught. Ah, mm-hmm. uh, and the and let I I taught two dojos. One is at the uh, uh, the gym, and the other one is it's not a gym. It's like I don't know what it was. Concrete floor. A very tiny space, probably as big as my apartment living room, and concrete floor. It's not good, <laughs> but it has it has a lot of cracks everywhere. When it rains, just wet everywhere. So that's bit I couldn't. Uh, it's you have to worry about students and then you have to worry about floor, you know, cutting your feet. Uh, so that was a really different situation, two different uh, dojos. Uh, yeah, one is probably just want to do kendo. I don't want to be instructor type of people. Yeah. But the other ones is are really keen to be instructors. So that was a really different situation there. And they right. probably didn't really uh, get along. Right. And two, two, two years is actually a very short amount of time. It uh, is very short. To please very everybody short. and to get the desired results. But let's move on from Guatemala. Um, although some other time, uh, I'd really like to pick your brains about uh, uh, the way that you taught and some of the things that you that you taught as an instructor, trying to teach instructors. So if we can do that uh, um, whenever you've got some time here. But uh, just yeah. move on a little bit now. Uh, you ended up in the United States. Uh, yes. Introduction, Indiana. Um, and you're teaching at one dojo in Indiana? I, yes. At the moment, yes. Okay. And is it a similar kind of group of people that you like you met in New Zealand and like you met in Guatemala, sort of a, a mix of ages and, and skill levels? Uh, yeah, it's quite similar, I should say. Yeah. Yeah. Like a lot of adults, a few teenagers, but a lot majority uh, yeah, majority of the students is adults. So yeah. Yeah. So what I want to ask you next is like, you know, teaching uh, my experience in New Zealand, um, which actually made me end up coming back to Japan because I realized I had to study more mm-hmm. uh, was it was many of the students are not just interested in uh, techniques and, um, you know, winning competitions, not so much, but there, of course there are, people who are interested in the competitive side. Um, but I found that because many of the people who uh, joined the dojo in New Zealand and, and indeed many of the other countries that I've been around the world, um, because they're sort of middle-aged, they're after something different. And often 
they're looking for uh, some kind of sage advice or, or clues that can make their lives better. Uh, very much interested in the philosophical side um, of Kendo and Budo in general. When did you start noticing that uh, the people you were teaching, uh, obviously there's, there's the, depends on the age um, and depends on, you know, uh, their background, but uh, you started Kendo for life. Oh, yeah. right. right. And where I'm going with this rather long-winded question is I, I, I look at your uh, efforts to promote kendo for life as really, of course, the, the technical side's important, but you are trying to express to the world uh, that kendo is more than just shiai. It's more than just taking examinations and going up the grades. It's something that can genuinely benefit you in your, in your life uh, there is there is wisdom from hundreds of years ago from from those old samurai geezers who passed it on through the generations and and it's something that is useful for us now. Did you cotton onto this idea kendo for life uh, because you are noticing that people were hungry for this, or because you felt that people needed to know more about this? <laughs> You should. <laughs> okay. I didn't expect that kind of heavy question, bro. <laughs> you should know me by now, bro. <laughs> uh, Kindle for life. Well, the first of all, <laughs> I think like that's how I felt like doing Kindle all those years. And uh, Kindle is not just about, and then of course, uh, meeting all kinds of different people and hearing why they are doing Kindle. And then, of course, from there, from them, I learned Kindle because if, if it's not for them, I wouldn't even look into why do we have to carry our shino in the left hand? I don't know, you know, a simple, a so simple answer, you know, we just, because you just have to learn about my culture, <laughs> but I didn't even think about that. So, Kendo, so through those interaction with a lot of people, different people, and then that was a great opportunity for me to learn about my own culture, which is so I don't know, probably you know a lot more than I do. So, uh, if yeah, I you're right, you're about, right, you know. <laughs> <laughs> if I have questions about Japan, I'm going to come and ask you. See, so that's how it works now. <laughs> uh, so being Japanese doesn't mean you know you know about Japanese culture, and you realize that really quickly. You're just born in Japan. You happen to be a Japanese. That's all, and. You know, history you have to learn is not in my blood. So through these lot of interaction with a lot of different people, Japanese, non-Japanese people, and start learning about Kendo, and that through that I start learning about myself, 
So that is, of course, you can do that through other martial arts, also other sports, I think. But because Kendo has this philosophy as well, how to become a better person. And, you know, those through interaction is still always think about how can I make my Kendo better? That leads to me, okay, how can I, okay, uh, he annoys me, but I can get pissed off at him and I just yell at him. That's one choice I prefer. <laughs> but there's another option as well. So I can strike man or kote, or I can just walk away, or I can ski him, aiming at underneath the skidare. There you go. So I have a lot of choices, but in there, after all, it's controlling myself. That's what we do in Kindle too. So after all, you're going to start learning through Kindle, through interaction uh, with people via Kindle, you learn about yourself. So I think that as a beauty of Kindle, we have teachings, of course, from Samurai era. And you learn, oh, this is how I should be controlling. Oh, this, that's why I have to have the right mindset even before I walked into the dojo. So it's always, teachings are always there. And you can experience that through Kendo. By practicing Kendo, you experience the samurai teachings, whatever they, you know, learned through life or death situation. So I think I want to promote that part and in my senses were promoting those this idea without telling us much mm-hmm. yeah but you think that's why so i um to to sort of paraphrase what you're saying um what i heard was that from what you've just been saying is that uh by your through your experience overseas um your passion for kendo has sort of been ignited because of the influence of the people that you've been teaching and come into contact with asking you all these questions and you have to sort of ask yourself these questions and and because of that you you sort of uh became very passionate about kendo outside of japan uh, more than perhaps inside of Japan, and you want to share that passion. So it's not a, a matter of you know, I'm the Japanese sensei, so I, you know, I'm, I'm I'm the person that can right. teach you this stuff. It's just another Kenshi who loves mm-hmm. kendo and wants to share that with lots of other people. Right, right. That's exactly right. <laughs> Thank you. All right. Well, here you know, so we're getting on in time now. I could keep. Uh, talking with you for for hours about various things but there's just two more things um i want to ask you simple things uh but you're uh yeah you're i mean if you had the opportunity to come back to japan and sit shinsa you'd be you'd uh be able to pass the nanadan exam so you're very high up uh in the scheme of things um but doesn't matter how good you get and how experienced you are um, there's always things that you've got to work on, right? There's always things that you you find out that uh, you know you're, you're very much lacking in, or you're very bad at, and you need to you to develop your skill, or your your ability. I'm gonna ask you two questions now. Um, what do you think is the strongest point of your kendo? 
<laughs> oh, my Kindle. Yeah, personally. My Kindle, strongest point. I mean, you, you have a lot of followers here all through um, Kindle for Life and the uh, international things that you've been doing. So, you know, a lot of people look up to you. Um, if you were to be honest with yourself, what is it that that um, makes your Kendo distinct? What is the strong point of your Kendo? I think uh, because of the, the way I was trained, I think the basics mm. is always the uh, core. So I don't, I still follow what Tsurumaru Sensei told us so i think that's probably one of the strongest and i treasure the teachings from so i think that's the uh probably my strong point okay yeah I, I can i can get that because you when you do kihon it's very beautiful to watch um so that that comes from years of uchikaishi and uchikomi being drilled into you even though you hate yeah. it it's, it's paid off now because it's part of your body. Okay, let me ask uh, uh, another question. The opposite. What is the shittiest part of your kendo? <laughs> a lot. <laughs> <laughs> In other words, what is it that you feel that you really need to work on from now? This is something that's very personal. Uh, yeah. We all have it, you know, um, things that we're really trying to work on. But what is it with... Uh, uh, that that uh, you believe is something you need to really uh, fix or work on on your kendo? Um, I have to probably uh, sure. I need to make a. I mean, I need to make my point. This is what I want to do. This is what I'm going to do. That's why I'm doing this. I I'm not. I I'm not very assertive. <laughs> Uh, my kendo. Uh -huh. So I, I, I'm laid back and uh, okay, if you want to do whatever, that's what you want to do, and that's fine. But that my personality mm. <laughs> is in my kendo as well. Uh -huh. So I really want to. Uh, change that part of me as well. If I have to do something, I'm gonna. This is what I'm saying to you. Mm. You know, I have to be strong about my. You know, what I'm gonna say, what I want to do. So I want to do that in uh, in kendo as well. So you want your kendo to be more resolute. Yeah, as it were. Just as, yeah. 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 Uh, okay. So I need that in my personal life as well. <laughs> we won't. <laughs> I feel things are getting very deep and meaningful, and uh, it's already been over an hour, Hiro. Um, oh, really appreciate your time. It's now what quarter past five in the morning, yeah, in Indiana. Um, thanks very much, uh, Hiro. It's been a great pleasure, and thank you very much. Very much uh, would like to invite you back at a later time um just to talk about uh, other aspects of kendo we just uh, today we sort of looked at your overall career as um an international uh kendo man of not so much mystery <laughs> uh, imparting the goodness that comes from the dojo so uh, congratulations on all your hard work uh, and uh, please stay well mate and we'll be I, in touch I, I, one day 
I'll see you in Japan. Yeah, well, <laughs> hopefully sooner than later, mate. Hopefully soon, yeah. <laughs> okay, cheers. Thanks, Hiro. Hello, Shot. Hello, Shot. Hello, Shot.